Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Men's Hoops Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host for this one, Colby Peterson. On the show today, i got a resident men's basketball expert when it comes to the Wildcats, Sean Lewis. Sean, how were the holidays for the fam? Uh, the holidays were good. I don't know that I'd call myself an expert. I've just sat in the Purple Palace for a lot. And can I just tell you, it was good to be home on Saturday, uh, sitting with good friends such as yourself and and good to see a game up at the Palace. Probably the only one I'm going to get to uh, this season. We'll see. Hopefully we'll try to get touch in on one more. But uh, it's good to see a win on Saturday at, at home. Certainly was. I mean, if, folks, if you weren't there, we had a good time. We were hanging out in the Palace, Sean and I and a couple other good Oh, we had a sign. I had a sign that said, "What well, Dub State gets dubs in the Purple Palace. Uh, if you saw that, hey, man, go back and watch the uh, – it was on the Jumbotron, man. It was there. I had it on Thursday night, too, so if you want to – it was on the Jumbotron then as well. I'm just saying. But uh, <laughs> like Sean said, we were hanging out with a good, good crew, including uh, a guy who hangs out with us often, Jeff Millard. And so, uh, man, good to be in the Palace, man, because I'm with you. Uh, just trying to soak up as much as I can before we head home to Nashville uh, as we sit here for, in our waning days in Ogden. But uh, I'm with you, Sean. Always good to be in the palace, man. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about today's show. Um, we're going to recap. We're going to do our best to recap the last couple of weeks of men's hoops. And so that'll include games against Cal Poly, Utah State, Brigham Young, and then the beginning of Conference Slate, which included Northern Colorado on Thursday last week. And like Sean said, Northern Arizona on Saturday. And so we'll talk through some of the things that have happened in the the couple of weeks that have passed since we did our last show with Dylan Jones. We'll talk about what things have kind of gone well because the Wildcats have gotten hot. They're streaking right now, won six of their last seven. So we'll talk through some of that. Uh, but we'll also talk a little bit about like what uh, what areas do we think still need to improve a bit uh, because things aren't perfect and there are tougher challenges coming up soon. Uh, that Montana roadie is looming in a couple of weeks. So hopefully they can get those things figured out. But then we'll talk about next week's games, or technically this week now, as we sit here on Monday night. Saturday, the Wildcats will be facing Idaho State. The Stripes are coming to the Purple Palace, so we'll talk about what the Stripes are all about. Uh, before we get into all that, though, we want to encourage everyone, please subscribe to the show. Tell your friends and family about Weber State Weekly. We want to continue to grow the following that we have. Crystallize the the uh, fan base around Weber State Weekly and uh, keep the Wildcat fans informed. We're on social media. You can get us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, we got the Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Really appreciate our peeps. Um, I'm working on a project to – I've been talking to the Tubbs guys about kind of how they run their Patreon, and they've been giving me a bunch of ideas about some cool stuff that they do. And so it's sort of jogged my memory. I've got some I got some Weber State apparel ideas that I'm working on, and so I think I'm going to include some, uh, some stickers and stuff like that for our patrons because they've been long-suffering. They've been supporting us for a while now, so want to make it the best for them. So really appreciate our patrons for doing that. Uh, all right. And that's it. So, Sean, let's talk a little bit about the last couple of weeks, because I think that uh, that that St. Martin's game is as weird as it was as D2 game, whatever, uh, was sort of a catalyst. And, and they kind of turned the corner after that game in the palace, going on the road to face a tough Cal Poly team and whooping them by like, what, 30? Was it? I have to go back and check, but my goodness, uh, Cal Poly, Cal Poly, the final score there was 74 45. So I is that uh, 29 points? Pretty close. Almost 30. Yeah. I mean, and that's a team that beat Washington, who had previously beaten the Wildcats the very first game of the season. Um, so, wow, a stunning win. And then they take the trip up to Logan and put the L in Logan. The Wildcats pull out the three-point dub over the Aggies, which I'll admit, I, I personally think the Aggies are the best men's team in the state this year. Um, BYU just sort of meh. Utah's had moments, but they're just sort of meh. UVU is good, but I think Utah State's a little better. And so a stunning win for the Wildcats up in Logan. But DJ said it, man. Going to go up there and get that get that dub. Going to get it done. And then um, moving on, of course, a trip to Provo. Close loss there. Six points in at the Marriott Center. And then the beginning of conference play, which the Wildcats now sit at 2-0. and So, Sean, talk to me a little bit about the last couple of weeks. Is there a performance in particular that kind of stands out to you that you feel kind of sums up the last couple of weeks or you feel is most important to talk about here? I think the win in Logan is, is the, the high watermark there. Um, that's a place that is traditionally tough. I think it's yeah. a, uh, even when the students aren't there, that's a tough place to play. 
Um, and and there's a little bit more chippiness in that rivalry than there is with BYU. Um, but um, I happened to be at the BYU game, and I was sitting with some people who are um, have the benefit of, of seats from large donors at BYU. And uh, there there there's some not so happy BYU fans um, that the, the, the Wildcats were keeping it close and, and kept it there. You know, it's interesting. Uh, if you look at the we, we haven't talked hoops at all this season, right, Colby? And so so when we, we look at the season, we had a three point loss at Washington to open the season. And I was talking to some friends of mine and saying, yeah, gosh, I've got some hope for this. This this team looks pretty good if we can hold on at a Pac-12 team in, in, in the opening game of the season and and do that. And then felt like everything went off the rails. And it, you're right. It was that St. Martin's game where they kind of were able to work out some rotations, work out whatever bad juju they had in their mouth. And that was kind of the the let's get home. Let's 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 take care of some business um, going up to Logan. um, Getting that win against an undefeated team that was receiving votes in the polls, um, I think, was a huge uh, morale boost, a huge confidence boost for the Wildcats. That led them into a game against BYU, um, where I, I'm not going to say. I mean, BYU on paper should beat us ten out of ten times, but gosh, we put a scare into them, and and that was a, a close game and a couple things, you know, a couple ball bounces the other way. Maybe that that outcome is a little bit different. But I, I really thought that that it was that kind of week, and I don't know what Coach Duff says, and I'm I'm on the record, Coach. I I'm gonna come out here on the show and and just say it. You know, I apologize because I was a little bit critical of Coach Duff um, earlier in the season, and when in our and in the off season when he got the job, we talked about internal hires at Weber State, and uh, I wasn't sure if he's the right guy for the job, but. Um, I think I have been impressed. I think there was a little bit of a, a lull and some questionable games where we didn't, the guys didn't look like they were quite there mentally and quite there in, in it wholeheartedly. Uh, but they've turned that around and, and really that, that St. Martin's game blowing out Cal Poly, um, beating Utah state, holding tight with BYU um, led them into conference play. And we've had two conference solid wins uh, or two solid conference wins to start the season. Um, I wish that this bye week with Idaho state came later. I wish yeah. we could keep that, that momentum going. Um, but gosh, that's been a, a huge, huge thing to start two and O and be on top of the, the, the standings. Um, that's something that if you talked to me at, at the first of December, I don't know that we ever would have been at the top of the, the big sky standings. Um, so um, but there we are at two and zero with with Eastern and with frankly Idaho State. So all of a sudden Saturday's game gets really big because you're going to knock one team away from the the ranks of the undefeated in the conference, um, and I, that that's going to be a lot of fun. So the Utah State one is the is the the high water mark of the last two weeks. To, to answer your question though, yeah, I think for me the the performance that stands out the most is probably. I mean, Dylan Jones was was really critical in that Utah State game. He did a lot of really good things. But more so than that, I felt like his performance against Northern Colorado on Thursday last week really kind of solidifies him in my mind as the leader of this team. DJ ends up, you know, putting up some serious numbers against him. He puts up 26 points. He's got six assists. He's got, you know, um, a total of... 13 rebounds. It's just like, wow, man, like this guy just fills up the stat sheet on a game where he didn't necessarily shoot particularly well, right? He was five of 16 and two of six from, you know, just 33% from three, but he gets to the line and he gets 14 out of 15 free throws. He's the best free throw shooter in the conference right now. I look at all that and I go, wow, DJ is really leading this team to the success that they've had in the last couple of weeks. And so I just, I like what's happened in the, in the, I think like you said, Sean, that the walloping Cal Poly and then beating Utah state were massive boosts to the confidence of this team. Because uh, one thing I was going to point out, you said the Wildcats lost by three to Washington. They lost by 17. And so, Oh, not did a, I read that wrong? I'm sorry. Yeah, not a close game necessarily against Washington. Like, okay. And a team that you probably expect to lose to a squad from the PAC 12, like, sure. Great. 
but I, part of me wishes that we could get that game back with this team that's been playing for the past couple of weeks because I, I think that looks a lot different this time around. But it is what it is. The conference schedule is now in full swing. And so I like the way that the Wildcats have come out of the, the door and just said, we're going to take care of Northern Colorado, which I think was a tougher game in the conference. I always saw I saw Northern Colorado was a top four or five team, roughly. This is a team that went to the conference championship. It, yes, they got blown out by Montana State, but still, they were in the conference championship last year. They don't stink. Yeah. They've got the the the, the scoring title. Uh, you know, rests in Greeley right now with Dalen Koontz. That may change over the course of the season, but he was the top scorer in the conference last year. And so, there's a lot going on with Northern Colorado. And to pull away from them the way they did in the second half was really, I think, special. And I think that Dylan Jones had a lot to do with that. Well, and and I I was talking team performances. You want to talk individual performances. I'm going to follow up with that with DJ um, on Saturday against Northern Arizona. We looked up at halftime and he had zero points, 10 points, points five, five dimes. Right. And and you're looking at him like he's getting the job done doing all the little things that that are that are that are not scoring. Right and facilitating right. others. Um, one of the things is is the Wildcats are are near the bottom of the conference in assists. So being able to to facilitate yeah. to your teammates and getting out, getting the ball, spreading it around, um, doing those things are things that they need to work on, and we'll talk about that later. But um, it, but I, I DJ is definitely the alpha on this team. It is his team. Um, I I think that right now um, he is definitely a star, but he's not quite to the point where he can take over a game by himself and dominate. He still needs the help of others. And that's where the performances of Steve Verplanken, um, mm. Dinwiddie, um, a couple other guys, KJ Cunningham had a great weekend. Uh, Junior Ballard. Ballard, Junior Ballard had a great weekend. He was the spark um, in that game on Saturday. I yeah. Think. So, so it's still a team game and we still need the team effort. Um, but, but DJ is the star and has the opportunity to, to really solidify this team. And I think as he goes, the Wildcats will go. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about it in the palace on Saturday that, you know, DJ was inching towards a double, double, but not the kind of double, double that you traditionally think. And so we were talking about in chat, the sickos, double, double rebounds and assists almost had one man. So he was close. He was just one point off of a double-double in that one. But, um, Sean, I also want to ask you, you know, let's talk a little bit about things that, you know, maybe need to improve. Uh, we've seen some big steps forward. The Wildcats are playing, I think, better as a team than they were a month ago, which is to be expected with, the you know, the kinds of guys that are coming in. you got a brand-new head coach. Things are, starting, I think, starting to settle. Uh, Coach Duft, I think, has done a really good job of adjusting in second halves. It feels like the trend over the course of the the non-conference slate and now in this early conference slate is that the Wildcats seem to answer in the second half. And uh, that's a welcome change, I think, to things that we've seen in the past. Yeah, I, I think uh, being a second half team is is something we haven't seen from the Wildcats over the past few seasons, and and being able to make those adjustments that you need. Um, I watching them in person in Provo. Um, one of the things that I was paying attention to is is uh, and we saw this in Provo. We saw it in Logan. Uh, we saw it in uh, uh, against uh, uh, NAU and uh, NoCo. Um, the first part of the game, uh, especially in the last three games, we've gone down to Alex Chu in the paint for f- four or five possessions to start a game, and he's been very, very dominant. And then the teams are adjusting a little bit. I noticed this BYU. Yeah. BYU started to increase the perimeter defense. They they were denying that entry pass, um, and so they were able to um, control the paint a little bit more. And when they did that, the Cats started to rely on – on more one-on-ones and three-point shooting rather than than getting it down into the paint. And so um, I, I want to see, even though we've been good, better at the second half adjustments, which was your comment, I want to see more of the in-game uh, adjustments so that it's not just pre-game and halftime, right? Uh, Coach Duft and his team need to be able to, to make adjustments on the fly to adjust to the adjustments that are being made against them to stop that. Um, one of the things I really liked about um, uh, talk about performances we liked at the NAU game on Saturday, 48 points in the paint 
for yeah. the Wildcats. Really dominated down low. Um, the three-point shot wasn't falling as, as much. Which was as an adjustment, like, right? Because at the start of the game, they were not getting into the paint. I mean, Northern Arizona did a fairly good job of keeping the Wildcats to the perimeter. They were not falling for the rotations that the Wildcats were trying to create. And it ended up being a lot of contested shots if they were getting in the paint or they were jacking up threes. But they make the adjustment. And like you say, Sean, 48 points in the paint when it's all said and done. Yeah. And and so I thought that was an excellent performance uh, by the Wildcats, too. So. Um, I think there's lots of good things uh, that we can talk about. Um, how many points did uh, Connect have on Saturday? Uh, trying to pull this up real quick. Uh, I got it right here. So um, Connect, he had a good game and he was shooting the ball well. Uh, oh, sorry, this is the Northern Colorado. Let me pull up uh, the Northern Arizona numbers. But uh, he shot the ball well, and that, that was one thing I, I maybe didn't expect as much because I talked in the – if you're – followed us on Instagram. I uh, did a little pregame kind of preview for, okay, what to expect about Northern Arizona. I talked a lot about Jalen Cohn, about how he was the the offensive engine for Northern Arizona. But we saw some interesting folks step up and take some of that oh, mantle. Connect is no co, not no. Okay. Right? Okay. Sorry. Then I just had that up. Uh, I, my bad. I had, th- I had that on, I said Saturday, I meant Thursday. Okay. Uh, but connect, he shot the ball well. And I think that I talked about that in that pregame. I had another one on Thursday as well, talking about like, okay, this is what they do. Northern Colorado likes to shoot the three. That's what they do. And connect was, I think he had three or four in the first half. Um, so he slowed things. I think slowed for him a bit in the second half. Uh, but perimeter defense is something that has me a little bit worried back to, uh, you know, the question from just a bit ago, things that need to improve, Perimeter defense has got to get better because there are other teams coming in conference play. And just overall, if you, if you want to be a team that's competitive in college basketball, you need to do a better job of defending the three-point line. And the Wildcats are dead last in the conference at that right now. Yeah. And, and you know, that was always a hallmark of Randy Ray's teams of, of being a, a huge three-point defender. We've always – we've been traditionally near the top of the conference in three-point defense and in top of the country. In, in three point defense, and we're just not there. And and the game's a three point game right now, right? It's it's sure. the big sky's always been a guard guard league. It's been a three point game, and right now we're not defending the three very well as we're last in conference, and we're not shooting the the three very well as we're number eight out of ten in the big sky um, shooting the three. Um, we're overall hitting thirty three percent, which you think oh 33 percent is great but i'm gonna round you know, up 30, and say 34 it's 33.9 percent but you're right it's not a great number yeah but but and, and the top of the conference is hitting 36 so maybe that's it but we're taking so many more um uh, sacramento state leading the conference has only taken 290 where we've taken 313 300. we've taken you know there's only one two teams that have taken and we're, oh there's more than that we're not taking as many threes. We're not making as many threes. That's my point is, is we're not, we're just not shooting the three very well. Um, and so we've got to find other ways to win. Um, we we're uh, second to last in total offense in the conference. That's definitely something we need to work on is, is just finding a way to score points. Uh, right now, our opponents on the season are scoring uh, more points than we are. And I know that's a, a takeaway from some of the big uh, blowout losses early in the season. But we've got to uh, – if we want to be a top-tier team in the big sky, uh, scoring and, and especially three-point scoring have got to improve. I guess one nice thing to note, though, Sean, because like you said, the, the offense had does need to improve. The Wildcats are averaging 68 points over the course of the season, which is ninth in the conference. Only Sac State is averaging fewer points per game. But, but we're giving up side, 68, too. Yeah, you're giving up 68. The Wildcats find themselves at third in the conference with that. And so it's like, okay, there are some good things happening there in that sense that, yes, the Wildcat offense has not gotten off to a great start. It does feel like it's improving. And like we've talked about, those in-game adjustments are making a difference where the three is not falling. Great. We're going to rely on the front court. And I think that the front court has really stepped up. We talked about that as a concern at the beginning of the season, and I feel like there's been a lot of growth already in that front court. But the defense has been good. That three 
if that perimeter defense can improve and we can slow down the number of threes that are going through the hoop for the opposing team, the Wildcats, I think, become a very dangerous team. Well, we saw a lot of open shots on Saturday, um, especially in the first half where where the Wildcats playing uh, playing defense just weren't getting rotating over fast enough. Uh, the ball was moving faster and the defense could react to it. And I, I think, you know, you're going to have days like that. But um, and sometimes the ball goes in the hoop. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, thank you, Jim Boylan. But uh, <laughs> we, I'll say thank you. I, and not, nothing to that guy. <laughs> but but uh, uh, just just that one press conference phrase. Ball didn't go in the hoop. Ball didn't go in the hoop. But uh, so yeah, I I think you've got to uh, uh, take the good with the bad. But right now, I like where the Wildcats are. I think uh, we've turned it around from the beginning of the season. Um, I there's still things that need to be worked on. Right uh, turnovers. Um, I felt like uh, over the weekend, two conference games. Dylan Jones had a hard time, and it wasn't just him, but but it seemed like there was just a lot of unforced uh, balls that were just slipping out of guys' hands, and and that that were just whether they were uh, going penetrating into the paint or whether they were you know just dribbling too much. I don't know, but but it just felt like they were the the rock was falling, and and the other team was getting it, and we noticed that a couple of times. Yeah, what I would say there, Sean, one thing that I noticed in the past few games is what I would call desperate offense, where the Wildcats find themselves in a situation where they need to pass the ball out. They're getting doubled. They're getting trapped, whatever. So they're trying to pass the ball, and the open person is all the way on the other side of the court. So Mm -hmm. they try and send the ball. Guess what? That ball gets picked off. Situations like that aren't great, right? There needs to be maybe a little bit more situational awareness where a guy needs help. Come over. And we can avoid, I think, some of those because I, the passing, I think, is where a lot of that is coming from. It's not necessarily guy goes up, he doesn't get a call, turns the ball over. I, I don't feel like there's been a ton of that. It just feels like no, errant passes no. have been really the thing. I, I'm thinking more of, of dribbling in and just losing the handle. And there's there's two guys there for the other team that are picking it up and, and causing a fast break. Um so um, that's something that that uh, I think, and I, you know, one thing I pay attention. We'll go back to the BYU game. I felt like we were trying to slow the game down, but we weren't hitting the shots on the half court offense. I, I'd like to see what this team. I think this team is better suited to a more free flowing. You know, let them get out and run and get some fast break. Um, and I don't know if if. They're, you know, it's obviously a coaching decision whether to let them do that or not. Um, Coach Duft right now seems to be very much in a let's let's slow the ball down, get into a half court set, and and run an offense, and and you know we get uh, deep into shot clocks, and and a shot falls or it doesn't. Um, so and and that's a coaching decision, but uh, uh, to to run that style rather than more a fast break. I I, I want to say we we. We're not doing well at fast break points um, on the season um, and giving up, but I don't, I don't see that here right right away. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point because I feel like in the past couple of games that I've watched in person, there have been times where the Wildcats did press the ball forward, and for the most part, it felt like that was a way to catch the other team off guard because when they got their defense set, it was a little bit of a challenge for the Wildcats to. Mm-hmm. fight you know some way through it but I think that you're right that a little bit more fast break can create opportunities but at the same time the the sharing of the ball has got to get better because mm-hmm. we've talked about it before already the Wildcats are dead last in assists in the conference a lot of that is I think desperation late in the shot clock just downhill dribble and just see what happens kind of stuff or just jacking mm-hmm. up shots um obviously not ideal i'm sure coach duff doesn't love it either and so if the if we can see more of what we saw on thursday and saturday where the wildcats are sharing the ball in the post to create really easy buckets at the rim if that continues to improve the wildcats are going to be a very difficult team to stop because even if they only get to a midway point of like fifth or sixth in the conference at assists if those are the kind of assists that they're getting instead of, you know, some guy dishing it out to the perimeter and jacking up a three and making it, which 
honestly is what I think Northern Arizona leads the conference in assists right now. And I think that's why it's because they're just jacking it back out. You know, this Carson tout kid is getting rebounds, you know, jacking it out to the, to the, to the, some guy waiting behind the three point line and they're just putting it right back up. Those are going in like, Oh, assist, right? Like, mm-hmm. ah, it's like a, it's like a phony assist in a way. Right. It's like, okay. It's an assist, but like, it doesn't feel like you facilitated anything. I, I get that, and and so I, I I was just going through the conference uh, stats, and and I, the only one that Weber leads that's a good one is his opponent's free throw percentage, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I, I think getting back to our overall point of what is what is the wild what are, what, what do the Wildcats need to work on to improve? Uh, we need we need to improve everything, um, but I think we're in a good spot right now for the conference play. One other statistic that the Wildcats do lead on, the, lead the conference in, though, is team free throw percentage. Wildcats yeah, have shot the ball yeah. very, very well from the, the three-point line. Um, free throw. Oh, so, oh, sorry. You said opponent, and I, and I went the other way. Yeah, uh, I got yeah, you. Yeah. But 81% from the line. That's great. I mean, yeah. Alex, too, I do want to see you shoot better free throws. I'm be honest. <laughs> You're, like, shooting 49% right now, and that's driving me crazy. But other than that, he's been great. And so... Um, I like that. It's like, listen, when the Wildcats get their opportunities at the line, they're taking advantage of them. You also noted on Saturday, Sean, that Northern Arizona did not shoot a free throw until, what, eight minutes left? In, in 11. The, it was 11 08 left. left in the second half when they took the, when they attempted their first free throw. So basically almost fourth quarter at that point before they take their first free throw. With a scorer like Jalen Cohn out there, it's like, good job, Wildcats, doing a good job of not fouling even when mm-hmm. – like the refs maybe, you know, get a little whistle happy because they felt like they got ground to make up. And they didn't call it as tight as they should have in the first half. And so they clamp things down. But overall, like like to see what the Wildcats are doing. Um, mm-hmm. Sean, you talked a little bit about unlocking this Wildcat potential. Of all of the things that we talked about thus far, which do you feel is most important? That it's like the if there were a silver bullet for the Wildcats, this is the thing that would unlock put things out there that will give them opportunities to win. What do you think that, that silver bullet is, that one thing that you could choose to gift the Wildcats to improve the team the most? What would it be? Um, I'd, I'd want to see more three points go go down. Um, so three-point field goal percentage goes up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to see more more shots made there. Um, because I think that is something that you can work on working on getting guys open to make the three. Um, I, it, our, it, it, we're only making seven per game. I think we're used to making nine, which you think two, two per game, isn't that big deal, but that's six points, right? Six and, points wing. It, and that, that's a swing. So, um, I, I think shooting, shooting and making more threes. If, if I had a silver bullet, um, the other thing is is bench points. I'd want to see the bench um, really come out, and not just the bench, but the other starters. Right? Um, we need more than than Dylan Jones and Steve Replankin and and Junior Bow. We need we need more balanced scoring um, and a couple other guys to to put the points in when they can. Um, but I, I think Coach Duff. It seems that he's using the same thing that that coach Ray used to do. And that's let's prepare and use the conference season to get us ready for three days in March in Boise. And that's, and that's, that's where exactly. we're at. And, and that's exactly what we're seeing. That's what we're uh, non-conference is out of the way. Now let's, let's get the conference standing. Let's get the conference, win the games that we need to win so that we can have a, have a good uh, uh, seed in Boise. And, and, you know, I'm not sure what the best seed in Boise is going to have right now, just because they're with the changes in the conference tournament format, um, no more than two games per day. Um, definitely being a higher seed is, is better. Um, uh, but cause you get a couple of days off, but um, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting cause the format's different this year to see how that affects the top seeds. Yeah. It will be interesting. Um, if I could pick the the silver bullet for me, it's it's tough because I'm either saying perimeter defense needs to improve or assisting needs to improve. Which do you want, Colby? Do you want more offense or do you want more defense? I think for me, 
I want more offense. I want more assisting because if the Wildcats can produce easier buckets at the rim, even though they've been playing well in the paint, because like you said, Sean, the threes aren't falling as, as much as maybe they, they usually do. If there can be more assisting and less, you know, dribbling downhill and just trying to get to the rack and, you know, jacking up a shot, I think that will make things a lot easier overall because defenses then will panic and it will open up more wide open opportunities for the three ball to start to fall. So more assisting, I think, creates that opportunity. So if I'm picking the silver bullet, that's what it is for me. You know, and the Wildcats traditionally have not been the best assisting team in the conference. Um, I was intrigued. Um, Dylan Jones, uh, DJ, had a couple of really good, smart passes um, uh, out of double teams. I think Alex had a couple of smart passes out of double teams. He did. Uh, when I've watched him the last couple of weeks. Um, so I, it's just making sure you have that that spatial awareness of team awareness of where you're at. If you're being double teamed, then somebody else is open somewhere, and we need to get the ball get the ball moving to do that. So, uh, I'd like to see more assists too, but it's never been our strong suit. So I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope. Yeah, totally. Um, last thing, Sean. So now, gone through the non, the non conference slate, couple of games into the conference schedule. How are you feeling about this team with a couple of tough? Big Sky games coming up, like we said, after this week. Next week, the Wildcats will be in Montana. They'll be in Missoula on Thursday, and they'll be in Bozeman on Saturday. And those are both tough, tough teams to play on the road. Um, how are you feeling now? Because also, Eastern Washington is out there. Uh, they they are sitting at 2-0 and in the conference. Eastern had the best weekend out of anybody in the Big Sky, uh, sweeping the Montana road trip, which I, I don't know Respect. anybody – that that does that ever i mean that that's the toughest sweep you can get uh, so i'm 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 feeling uh um cautiously optimistic um i'm listening to to steve Clowkey, voice of the wildcats on saturday he talked about the wildcats um i believe we were picked fourth in both the coaches and media polls and and if i'm looking at where the results from over the weekend from the first two conference games for everybody i think that is about where we're at now. Right now, we're we're sitting on top of the table with two and zero tied with two other teams, but uh, I think Eastern's going to be tough this year. The Montana teams are always going to be tough. Yep. Um, Idaho State, I think, is a little bit of a false two and zero. I mean, you are what your record says you are, but but I think that uh, that two and zero is came against a couple of teams. But of course, it's the same two teams the Wildcats played, so I could make the same argument for for Weber State. Um, I, I think we're better than, than six teams in the conference. I think we've got two teams that are kind of a, a toss up, uh, with, and I think there are a couple of teams that are ahead of us that, that we're going to struggle against. So, um, right now, I think if, if you told me that with a two and O start and we were going to finish three or four, uh, with a three seed or a four seed in Boise, I think I'd be happy with that. Yeah, that's right on schedule, right? Like we're usually a yeah. top four team in the conference. Um, if you're a three or a four. Hey, that's where you're usually at. You know, that's who we are. We don't. We're not a team that usually limps into Boise. We're a team that comes ready to play. Uh, we're not a first round exit in in most years. Although in recent memory that has <laughs> happened uh, to the chagrin of Wildcat fans. So yeah, overall uh, we'll have to see what happens. Like you said, Eastern. I said it last year. I think Eastern is going to be a really. They're going to contend for the conference championship this year. The way that they played last year was like, listen, they're playing loose and it's house money for that that young squad with the first year head coach. So this year, I, I think they're year the ahead. Roadie, yeah. I, I think they're year ahead, but, but I also think Kobe that nobody's going to go undefeated, right? No, nobody no is. nobody's going to run the table in the big sky and everybody. No, 2003. Every team, yeah. Every team is going to lose one to a team that they shouldn't lose to. Right. Um, the, the NAU is not going to go winless in the conference. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So you know Sacramento State's not gonna uh, not gonna uh, they're gonna show up and beat somebody one night. So I I think that uh, um, there's a couple of teams that are kind of like I said wild cards in there, but um, it's gonna be interesting. And so uh, I, I think we're on schedule. I think Eastern's a little bit ahead of schedule. Montana's looking tough. I mean, give Eastern all the credit in the world for those two wins, but those were dogfights. 
right? Yeah, um, yeah. They ended up beating Montana by six, but it was close in the last minute. Um, and if it weren't for uh, a Chris Weber style timeout, um, <laughs> that might have gone a little bit different way. I just had to get that yeah. dig in. Totally. Um, the, game against, the game against Montana State was close in the last couple of seconds, too. So um, those were not yeah. runaway wins by any stretch. Yeah, we shouted that out in our uh, our live Instagram post game that when we were looking at the score, the Wildcat game had just ended. Game in Bozeman was not quite over. Eastern Washington was tied with Montana State. Like it was like 65 all with 30 seconds to go. They ended up yeah. pulling out the win. Um, hey, that's that's a close one too. And so nobody is going to go winless, like you said, and nobody's going to go undefeated. It's going to be a dogfight all the way through, and that's, uh, that's what we want to see in the big sky. There's going to be some ups and downs. And we'll see who's in the best position when it comes to March and Boise. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit. You mentioned Idaho State, the Stripes. Um, they're also sitting at 2-0. Beat the same teams that the Wildcats did this weekend. They beat Northern Arizona and they beat Northern Colorado. So let's talk a little bit about them because the Wildcats will face them on Saturday. Uh, the The Stripes coming to the Purple Palace. And um, I've been in the Purple Palace for recent games where did not go the Wildcats way and it was infuriating. But it feels like maybe the Stripes team is a little different. They're not the doormat that they normally are. So first thing I wanted to ask you, Sean, Wildcats have needed the three to fall for them to play well. We talked about that, about how when the three falls for them, things kind of open up and it really gives them opportunities offensively to run the offense the way they want to. But the Stripes hold opponents to 29% from beyond the arc. That includes holding NAU to 21% on Thursday night. They blew them out by like 26 or something like that. It was just uh, a drubbing. Yeah, so, they, they, they put the hurt on NAU, but it took them overtime to get past NOCO on Saturday. Right. So, Which, you know, Wildcats beat Northern Colorado handily, uh, and that's another great three-point shooting team. I think maybe Northern Colorado a better three-point shooting team than Northern Arizona is. Do you think the Wildcats should focus more on the inside-out game? or see if they can overcome the stripe strength of defending the perimeter. How do you see Saturday's tilt with the stripes? I, I want to see us focus more on the, the paint. Um, that's been our success and, and we need to focus more on that. Um, I actually really like uh, the, the players that we have playing down low, Alex uh, as the starter, uh, yep. Temba, um, definitely Rob. He's got some talent. You can see the, the fundamentals, the building blocks are there. Um, and who's our other big? The, so the, Daniel the, Rosen had had a pretty good Saturday. Yeah, had some really big yeah. clutch buckets. You know, got some and yeah. ones late in the in the second half that I really liked. And so feels like he's coming on with the minutes that he's getting as well. Yeah. So um, what's funny is we have a lot of common opponents with uh, uh, Idaho State. Uh, obviously, the two conference opponents, but they've played Washington. Um, they've played um, BYU. Um, and uh, I thought there was one other one in there. Um, but uh, it's just been a, uh, an interesting thing. I, I, I think they're a decent team. Um, obviously, they're 2-0 and for a reason. Um, but I, I think we can – if we play our game, uh, the game's in Ogden, so we, we get um, some of the home court boost there. I, I think if we play our game, we, we, can, we can take it take them. Um, I, I think they're – weren't you saying that they're one of the top three-point defense teams? Yes. Um, so, so we need to focus on, on doing what they're – uh, you know, not playing into that strength. So let's 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 go down in the paint and see if we can dominate down low, get get more points in the paint, and see if that can uh, lead us to victory. Yeah, in terms of common opponents, the Stripes did play BYU. They lost by fewer points than the Wildcats did. They lost sixty to fifty six. That was in Provo as well. They've also played Utah this season. They lost that one by twelve. Um, so Wildcats did not get the chance to play Utah because. They're afraid, I guess. They don't want to play us anymore. <laughs> we believe we call that the Damian Lillard corollary because they haven't played us since then, except when Steve yeah. Starks forced them to. Yep. So I uh, have not seen them in the palace since 12, and uh, we likely won't. But um, looking at some of them, they got some quality losses, if you can call it such a thing, a one-point loss to Denver. That, was, that game was in Pocatello, but um, quality there. Ten-point loss to Southern Utah, who, uh, as much as I hate to admit it, st- you know, um, Todd Simons is a good coach, and so uh, you know they're they're a quality squad. It is what it is. They've also got um, the, I think the interesting one for me 
is that they also played Washington, like you said, but they got blown out. They lost that one 90 to 55. So Wildcats faring much better against the Huskies in Seattle than the Stripes did. But they've also got a close loss here to Grand Canyon, which Grand Canyon has been a NCAA tournament team, a WAC champion in recent years. And they lose that one just by two on the road in Phoenix. So Stripes, like I said, not the pushover that we're used to seeing. They're playing much better basketball and they've got some things going for them. But it feels like defense is where they find their hallmark, right? Yeah, I think they're being a more defensive uh, oriented team. You're exactly right. Yeah, Um, they they like to clean the glass. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, I guess. But another thing that stood out to me when looking at kind of who the stripes are, they're number three in block shots in the conference. Uh, Wildcats have been best when they've been sharing the ball. Currently dead last in assists, though, like we talked about in the last segment. So how does Weber State avoid that hero ball where they're going to give the stripes opportunities to block shots at the rim because they're coming over and doubling whoever's driving in? And they play more like they did in the second half against Northern Arizona, sharing in the post for some of those easy baskets. Is that a trend that continues? Or do you think we see more hero ball? I don't know. I BYU had a lot of block shots against us, but they had a, a couple of guys that were way more athletic than anybody that than Idaho State's going to have. Sure. Um, I What we talked about before, having that situational awareness uh, that if you're getting double teamed, um, but there's situations where you just need to go up strong and make the ref call the foul, right? That that could be part of the strategy as well. So um, I think just making sure that uh, we're providing help and not just standing around and, and waiting for something to happen on the perimeter, um, working to get open, whatever the offensive sets are, we need to run those um, and and get the, um, get the shot to the open man, whatever shot that is. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to ask you, I didn't I didn't want to close this segment out without talking a little bit about a specific player that the Stripes have. So their top scorer right now is senior guard Brock McKenzie. He's averaging 14.6 a game, which is not like gaudy, right? We've faced already players who are averaging 16, 18 points a game. And I think the Wildcats have done a fairly good job on a Dalen Koontz, a Jalen Cohn, um, making sure that those guys don't beat you and forcing somebody else in some cases, some of those guys have stepped up. Like you mentioned, the Connect kid for Northern Colorado. He stepped up. Um, but this kid, uh, he's also second in the conference in field goal percentage and threes made per game. He averages almost three made per game. And so kid feels like a sharpshooter. He chooses his shots wisely, and he can um, he can get he can get the ball to fall. But, Sean, do you feel like this is just another Dalen Koontz or Jalen Cohn situation where it's like, do your best to guard him and make somebody else beat you? Who else does Idaho State have that's going to beat us? I don't know, because already, you know, McKenzie is not the highest scorer in the conference as it sits. You know, he's not blown the doors. I think he might be 14th. In, I have to check that right now. But it's not like he's killing it. But when he shoots, he shoots well. He's like shooting fifty-two percent from from uh, from the field. They have they have three guys that are ad- averaging uh, double figures. They got McKenzie at fourteen. They got Tomley uh, at twelve, and Jared Rodriguez at ten um, points per game. They got one guy at nine points a game. Um, I, I think that they don't have – I think they're very similar to the Wildcats, that, that they need a team game to to be successful. Uh, and so uh, I I think you kind of – you, you want to focus on him, maybe double him when you can, but I he doesn't seem to be the type of scorer that you need to double and, and focus on every trip down the floor, right? Sure. Choose your spots wisely on, on when you send the help defense over to him. Um, and and if you play solid team defense, uh, he may get his, but but will be successful in the long run. Yeah, I think the danger with a player like him, or like you said, any of the other guys that you mentioned, like um, Rodriguez, uh, who had a, I mean, Rodriguez was really big in that game last year where they beat Montana, if you remember. Yeah. Um, 
the danger with a player like this is that they could get hot and score above their average, and that's just not ideal, right? And so, like you said, Sean, spread it out. You don't necessarily have to – he doesn't have to command all the attention, but make sure that you're keeping him below his average and everybody else around him, especially the guys that average double figures. If they're not having a team game, they're probably losing because there's not, like you said, that guy – on the squad who can take a game over and deliver the dub for the stripes. Mm-hmm. Last question for you, Idaho state third in the conference in steals 6.47 per game. We've talked about the turnovers and kind of maybe how some of those are coming. Um, I think that worries me more than, than the scoring Colby, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think that if – and I didn't even let you get the question out, and I'm sorry for that. That's the question. Um, How do the Wildcats right. avoid, you know, six, seven steals per game plus any other turnovers that happen to come in the form of offensive fouls or just losing the handle? Yeah. So I think that's that's where the Wildcats – that's what I've noticed. That's something that has stuck out to me over the last three games is, is the Wildcats just losing the ball – for whatever reason. And if these guys are getting the steals, if these steals are coming off of, of true swipes where they're, you know, they're doing the, the tricky reaches or whatever to, to deflect the ball or, or just, just hacking as you're going up to the, to the, to the rim, um, you've got to be able to make sure that you're, you're holding onto the ball, that you've got the strong hands as you're going up, that, that you're not just being careless with the basketball. So uh, that's if I'm coached off, that's what I'm focusing on uh, one one day this week is is turnovers and 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 taking care of the basketball when the off when the when the Wildcats have possession. The other thing, if I'm coached off, and I know this isn't the question that you asked, but I worry that this you know could this be a trap game where we do have the Montana road trip and do we sit, just kind of look past the stripes? to next week's games and prepare more for those than we do for the the game ahead of us on Saturday. I hope they're not doing that. I'm not in practice. I don't know what they're doing, but, but that's, that would be a danger is, is looking ahead to the Montana trip and, and taking those games more seriously than the one in front of us on Saturday against ISU. No, that's, that's, that's a legitimate concern because like you said, Idaho state in the past, traditionally not a team that you're terribly worried about, but, a team that is undefeated in conference play right now, and you have to respect it. A lot of close losses to good teams. Um, not a traditional stripes team coming down from Pocatello to, to get handed the L and head right back on up to Pokey. So I think that hopefully the coaching staff sees that and like, listen, guys, we need to be ready. This is not sleepwalking. This is a team that's going to give us a battle. They're going to fight defensively. They're going to try and steal the ball. They're going to keep you below your average on from the three-point line you need to respect that you need to come into this game ready because you don't want like you said sean a trap game should the montana roadie not go the way that you hope which it could because both those teams are good and you could potentially lose both of those games yeah yeah um I, my my hope is always for a split of the montana roadie totally but, uh, um and i'd be happy with the split and it doesn't matter which one um, but, yep. but uh, obviously I want one more than the other, uh, you know? Yeah. 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 But we've got it. We've got to take care of business against the stripes on Saturday. That yep. that's what uh, has to be number one and priority. Yeah. You can't look past them. So uh, that wraps up the Idaho State game coming up on Saturday. That game will be at seven o'clock. So uh, let's look at the upcoming schedule Saturday, January 7th. Idaho State coming to the Purple Palace, like we said, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets will be at Weber State, WeberStateSports.com, ESPN Plus if you're out of market and you want to watch it or you can't make it to the game or you can listen to Steve Klauke on 103.1 The Wave. Um, guys, keep your eyes peeled for some of these ticket promos that they've been doing. There have been a bunch of them lately. I took advantage of one for the Northern Colorado game. Uh, they had buy one, get one. And so normally I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a cheap guy and I will sit on row 20, whatever. But uh, for that buy one, get one promo for Northern Colorado, I was like, well, shoot, if it's buy one, get one, I'll buy a better seat. So I sat like row six for that game, which was a ton of fun. And so watch, keep your eyes peeled for the Wildcat social media accounts because there've been a lot of promos. I think that a lot of folks expressed that they wanted to see 
ticket prices lowered or more promotion of ticket prices. And we've seen it a bunch this season already. We've seen it in football. We're seeing it in basketball. That's a whole nother podcast, Colby. You've asked for it. It's it's happening out there. So keep your eyes peeled. I wish that the checkout process was a little easier, but it is what it is. But uh, we'll also shout those out, folks. If we see them, uh, follow us on social media. We'll make sure that we let Wildcat fans know about those ticket promos so you can take advantage of them because it's nice to save a little money, but also get in the palace and get loud for the Wildcats. Uh, then, like we talked about, after Saturday's tilt with the Stripes, Montana Roadie, Thursday, January 12th at Montana and Dahlberg, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN Plus, or 103 won the wave. Then the following game, Saturday, January 14th at Montana State, the reigning conference champions, 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for that one, ESPN Plus, or 103 won the wave. Then we're kind of hitting in the normal rhythm. We're going Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, Saturday, and that is the case. Wildcats will be back home for a couple of games, Thursday, January 19th against Portland State, a green team, by the way. Uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeberStateSports.com, ESPN Plus, or 103 on the wave. And the subsequent game, Saturday, January 21st, against Sac State, another green team. 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeberStateSports.com. And then the final one that I have here, um, we'll take the trip. Uh, that, that following week will be the road trip up to the Palouse. So you'll be at Idaho first, and then the Saturday game will be against uh, Eastern Washington. So that is the upcoming schedule, Sean. Any parting thoughts before we wrap up this one and get back into the swing of things with hoops? I, I hadn't paid attention to that, but uh, that means we played the entire conference before we get a shot at Eastern, right? Yeah, just about. Um, yeah. yeah, you have played everybody. You played everybody. Yeah, yeah so that's interesting. You'll have seen everything no. that you want to see before you head to, uh, what is it, Reese? Reese Court? Is that what it is up there? Yeah, something like that. It's awful. But <laughs> <laughs> Eastern's good, though. Uh, and and we lost good. there last year, guys. So uh, a team that can beat yeah. you, a team that just no. swept the Montana roadie. Uh, tough game, Part- I think. Parting thought is, uh, once again, my apologies to Eric Duft. Um, you're showing good things. I like where the team is at. Uh, let's keep it going. Yeah. Team has improved greatly in the past couple of weeks. We love the momentum. So love to see that continue. Um, we'll wrap it up. Email us, weberstateweekly at gmail.com. Like we said, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Great places to chat with us. Send us stuff. If you see something cool, something on the recruiting trail, piece of news that we should know about, or you hate us, you're mad, let us know. We're, we're here to listen. Also, we got our Patreon, and then we got the blog, weberstateweekly.com. Haven't done too much of that lately uh, because, let's be honest, folks, I'm not a great writer, and uh, we just haven't done a bunch of it. So... Um, Sean, appreciate you for taking some time to chat about Weber State Hoops, man. Like you said, our resident expert. I'm going to keep saying it for the rest of the season, so just get used to it. We'll wrap it up like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats.